Hi, it's Bonnie. Thanks for listening to The Leader. To all our new listeners, welcome. Why not hit subscribe and leave us a comment? Listen every day to get the latest news, interviews and analysis from the Evening Standards newsroom at 4pm. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm Bonnie Christian. Jeremy Corbyn is suspended from the Labour Party. It is a day of shame for the Labour Party. We have failed Jewish people, our members, our supporters and the British public. Leader Sir Keir Starmer responds to a report into anti-Semitism under the previous party leader. And... Her father, Thomas Markle, he's, he's quite keen for the case to go ahead as soon as possible, presumably because his health isn't the best. Our courts correspondent, Tristan Kirk, on what happens next in Meghan Markle's privacy battle against the Mail on Sunday. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. In a moment, a report into anti-Semitism in the Labour Party is handed down. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I am truly sorry for all the pain and grief that has been caused. I will act. Labour leader Sir Keir Starmer vows to rid the party of anti-Semitism. Later, its previous leader, Jeremy Corbyn, is suspended from the party. A report by the Equalities and Human Rights Commission concluded there were unlawful acts of discrimination and harassment that Mr Corbyn's Labour Party was responsible for. It found three breaches of the Equality Act 2010 and serious failings in the Labour Party leadership. The party has been served with an unlawful act notice requiring it to tackle the issue. Our editorial column says it is to Labour's shame that it's become only the second party ever investigated for racism by the Commission. Keir Starmer has said Labour is under new leadership and has vowed to tear out the poison of anti-Semitism. The EHRC report is an opportunity to do that. 
We hope it will further empower Starmer to eradicate anti-Jewish racism from the party and implement proper processes to ensure future allegations are fully investigated. Yet the report must serve as something more than a mere basis for bureaucratic reform. It has to be a moment of reflection, a chance to ponder why so many anti-Semites considered Labour under Corbyn to be their natural home. Not until this question is grappled with can Labour truly say it has learned the lessons of this appalling episode. Our political editor, Joe Murphy, joins me. Joe, Jeremy Corbyn has been suspended from the Labour Party this afternoon. What happened? Jeremy Corbyn has now been suspended by the Labour Party. This is not something Keir Starmer announced in his press conference. It seems instead he went off and looked at Jeremy Corbyn's own words responding to the Commission's report, where Mr Corbyn said that some of the allegations had been exaggerated by enemies of the Labour Party and the media. This is a huge moment for Keir Starmer. It could be a defining moment where he puts his leadership imprint on the party, perhaps a sort of clause four moment, if you like. But let's make no mistake, it's going to be hugely controversial. A lot of Labour Party members hold Jeremy Corbyn in affection and they don't believe he's a racist. And this may well go through the party's new procedures, uh, but win or lose, whatever happens, it'll be a bumpy ride for both of them. So just to backtrack a bit then, what were the key findings in the report that came out this morning? Well, the key point is that Labour acted unlawfully in failing to tackle complaints and quite extraordinarily, it, it is blamed for effectively harassing its own Jewish members and people who complained of anti-Semitism. But that's the headline accusation. But of course, the detail of this investigation is where you get the more extraordinary things. So the Commission found at least 23 times when there was what it calls inappropriate involvement by the leader of the opposition's office in cases. So that included staff who worked for Jeremy Corbyn influencing decisions on complaints, specifically trying to get people off who were facing suspension. And this is a really serious claim. But there are other details. We find that a complaints inbox was left unattended for years. So people were emailing in complaints about anti-Semitism and other things, and it was being ignored because nobody was looking in there. They found records missing. 62 files out of the 70 reviewed in detail had things missing or, were sub or they found that there were lengthy delays or miscommunications. People were poorly served by the party. This is a pretty devastating series of failures by the Labour Party. And I should stress here, a lot of these things... Um, were directly to do with Jeremy Corbyn, those interventions. But some of these problems, such as bad record-keeping, predated him. And this morning, after the report came out, how did Jeremy Corbyn respond? Not surprisingly, it's not a wholehearted acceptance of the findings. He stressed, of course, his, his position to anti-Semitism and his campaigning against racism. But he says that a lot of the cases in here were greatly exaggerated by the party's enemies, politically and in the media. And that's an interesting comment because 
The mirror image of that comment was made by Keir Starmer in his response to the report. He said, anybody who thinks it's all exaggerated has no place in the Labour Party and should leave. So it did sound as though Keir Starmer had seen what Jeremy Corbyn said and was responding quite bluntly to it. Labour is only the second party to be investigated by the EHRC. What has Sir Keir Starmer said will be next for them? Well, Sir Keir is going to take six weeks to get in place new structures, um, working with the Commission to try and make them bulletproof. But after that, there's a much bigger problem, um, which is that he's got to change the culture so that people, and we're talking principally people on the left of politics, learn to distinguish between legitimate criticism of the Jewish state, for example, and the unacceptable use of language that is offensive to Jewish people. And how have leaders in the Jewish community responded? They've responded by saying this has been a great day of shame and that they hope it's an end of a terrible chapter. Next. And so she put forward some reason that convinced the judge that the case should be delayed. Meghan Markle wins her bid to delay her privacy battle against the Mail on Sunday. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. The Duchess of Sussex's High Court legal battle against the publishers of the Mail on Sunday has been delayed until autumn next year, but on secret grounds. Lawyers for Meghan Markle argued in a private hearing that the trial shouldn't happen in January and the judge agreed, delaying the 10-day trial until nine months later. The Evening Standard's court correspondent Tristan Kirk joins me. Tristan, what came out of today's hearing? Yes, well, this is um, uh, what's a long-running legal battle between uh, the Duchess of Sussex, uh, Meghan Markle, and uh, the publishers of the Mail on Sunday and the Mail Online, Associated Newspapers Limited. The Duchess is suing the newspaper group over uh, a breach of privacy claim and misuse of her personal information over extracts of a letter um, that were published, which she sent to her estranged father, Thomas Markle. Uh, today's hearing was uh, for her to try and get the the trial of this case, which had been set down in January, delayed until later on next year. Uh, and, and that was something that the judge agreed to today. So instead of the, the case going to trial at the High Court in January, it's actually been put back until the autumn, probably October, November time. So why does Meghan want a delay? Well, that's the interesting thing is is that we, we don't know the, the reason. It's a confidential reason was put forward uh, for a delay in the case. Um, it was heard behind 
closed doors without any of the the media representatives um, being in on on the hearing. And so she put forward uh, some reason that convinced the judge that the case should be delayed by by uh, by nine or, or ten months, which is, which is a significant thing for the high court to do. And it was it was presumably a reason put forward that if it had been made public and heard in in open court, would have would have constituted a further breach of her confidentiality. So that was the reason why it was in exceptional circumstances held behind closed doors. So really, we we don't know the reason why it's been put back. And what happens now? Well, now there's there's various legal legal skirmishes going on uh, in in the courts ahead of the trial. So um, there was a, a judgment that was given um, a few weeks ago that uh, a biography of the the Duchess and and Prince Harry called Finding Freedom could be weaved into the trial and, and, and essentially used against her by the newspaper group. She tried to appeal that that judgment and tried to exclude the book from the case, um, but that was knocked back today. Uh, this afternoon uh, there'll be a case management conference where they'll uh, oversee some of the you know the costs of this this titanic legal battle. And then there is also a, a summary judgment application due to be made by the Duchess in January next year. Now, a, su- a summary judgment application is, would, is basically her saying that the, the, the male's publishers have absolutely no defence to this case and she should be given the win without it going to trial. She will argue that their case is hopeless uh, and, and she, she, her privacy has definitely been breached and there's no need for any, any evidence and, and uh, crucially there would be no need for anybody to go into the witness box, whether that be the Duchess or, or some of her friends. And she is trying at every stage of this, this case to, to maintain a level of privacy and confidentiality and, and keep her private life from being raked over in the High Court. So what happens if the case does make it to trial? Obviously, if this case comes to trial, one of the key witnesses will be uh, her father, Thomas Markle. Uh, he's said to be uh, elderly. He's he's got health issues, and one of the things that did come up today is that he's he's quite keen for the case to go ahead as soon as possible, uh, presumably because his health isn't the best. And so he's. Um, I, I think we can infer from what was said to the court today that he was not best pleased that there's going to be a delay in the case by uh, well, what might constitute almost a year. Um, although it, it, it must be pointed out that he doesn't know the reason why it's been put back. He wasn't involved in any of the confidential hearings. So his, his maybe annoyance at the case going back is, is not based on a full reading of why exactly it had to be done. And that's The Leader. You can read more on those stories by picking up a copy of the newspaper or visiting standard.co.uk. And we also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from The Evening Standard. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm.